This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Take a shot! I thought we were going to be happier when we had this conversation, Rich, but I, I'm not happy. What's happened? I, I, the world's crashing down around me. Now, come no, on. No, Jay, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm not, but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things, expectation versus reality. You saw the good mood going into the game, then watch the game. Two very mm. different uh, states of mind, I would posit. Yeah. How is Dan Chateau treating you this weekend? A nice little trip to France, I hear. <laughs> yeah, very nice trip to France. Um, unfortunately, I think I've absolutely wrecked the place by accident. Just like every time I touch a door, the handle falls off, uh, things like fixtures falling off of the walls and all that kind of stuff. So, um, unfortunately, I'm leaving it in a very bad state for for when Dan wants to go there um, anytime soon. Well, talking of fixtures falling, Harrogate Town three, Swindon Town nil. That lovely opening day of the season run is over after what nine years uh town have lost on the opening day it wasn't a pretty one was it connor no definitely not um i i think these things always feel a little bit more chastening when it's like a team that i guess we weren't really expecting to be quite as good as they were um which is not to take any anything away from harrogate but i think it, it's one of those ones if, if you're going into a game that people are thinking this team are going to be really up there at the end of the season you lose 3-0 it probably feels a little bit different to a team that i mean i guess they have changed quite a bit i think 
that the the team that they put out there were quite a lot of differences to the one that we beat quite easily towards the end of last season um but i don't think we were quite expecting them to be at the level that they were maybe maybe even the the team themselves and the the playing the sort of management weren't quite expecting what what we got from Harrogate. i think they're really good and and we were pretty bad unfortunately yeah that was going to be my first question before we get into the uh the nitty-gritty of the swindon element how much credit do harrogate deserve for this win i think they deserve a lot of credit because i don't think that i don't think that we beat ourselves um well you see that sometimes like in in our worst since we've been doing this podcast the worst season obviously was that league one season where in, in many games we would like do something stupid shoot ourselves in the foot um, and and put ourselves immediately on the on the back foot. I think like we were comfortably the worst team over the course of the ninety. Um, but for the at least for their first two goals, they did kind of have to work for it. I mean, there's a little bit of bad defending um, on each of them. But I, I think like yeah, Harrogate defended pretty well against us to limit us to sort of half chances and sort of small opportunities. And um, yeah, although I guess you look at the goals and you can immediately point out one or two things that could be done better about the defending. I think um, like Harrogate created enough chances that they, they they deserve to be in front over the course of the game. And um, yeah, just controlled it, kept it at arm's length. And towards the end, it was quite dispiriting just, just watching Swindon kind of trying to go through the gears with uh, without really any confidence that they were going to get anything from it. Well, it's only, well, it's only a few months since we last played Harrogate away uh, that 4-1 win back in mid-April only two of the starting 11 started this one the Swindon Town lineup was a debut for Solbrin in goal uh, replacing Lewis Ward at the back the three of Brennan Baudry and McDonald uh, in the midfield of Shade Gladwin Reed Williams and Hutton and McCurdy and Adeloy up front coming on during the game was Harry's Khan and Wakeling. So that's nine debutants across across the 90 minutes, which I, I guess where I'm going with this is that we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about the turnover of squad and that we should brace ourselves for some wobbly results. So in many ways, although the manner of the loss um, is is not acceptable. It's not a huge surprise. No, I think you're right. I mean, like I, I would have loved to have just had some more continuity over the summer, just in terms of mm. um, the amount of players that, like we were familiar with in May, that, that they're not there, and we're not we're not putting out the team that was was really grinding out good results towards the end of um, last season. Uh, it's a shame. We've we covered that before. I think it, it is one of those things you can you could just see. I think there were like parts of the first half where we actually played reasonably well, um, but there's just little bits where the combination play just isn't quite what it will be. Hopefully, at some point, um, you just look at, I guess, like three centre backs that have never played together before, uh, and that is just going to take a little bit of time to learn where one's going and and one's staying and where one's going to be positioned in a certain phase of play and all that kind of stuff. And you can train and train and train all you want, and that will give you kind of a, a good indication of what's going to happen on the pitch but obviously a match situation by all accounts is a completely different thing so um yeah you're right I, th- I think it's one of those things where realistically if we're going to be talking about like where we are for the season 
I don't think we're going to have much of an idea even once we get to like 10, 15 games into the season because you can have a bad start in this league and you still go up, see Bristol Rovers, see um, Bolton uh, the previous year. Um, you, you can be towards the bottom of the table halfway through and still um, put together a good run of form and, and go up automatically um, if you are able to put, to do that. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's what we're going to do. Obviously, um, hopefully we're not going to be quite so bad, and then we won't need to be quite so good um, to to go up. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think we are going to have to just probably be a little bit patient to see the fruits of what they're trying to do. And I I, I just hope that what they're trying to do is the right thing because I guess the other thing is that. There is, prob- there is a vision there and we just don't know if it's the right vision or if it's the vision that's going to bring us the success that we desperately want to see happen on the pitch. So, uh, yeah, it's uneasy, isn't it? But at the same time, it's, I think, yeah, th- there are a lot of reasons why you'd be like particularly frustrated by this kind of defeat. Um, but equally, it is one defeat. It might be very different next week against Salford. So um, we, it's just that this is the only indication at the moment we've got of, of what someone they're going to, going to look like in this new kind of configuration. The thing I've been battling with all summer is that I haven't been hugely excited by any of the signings. That's not to say we're going to have a bad season. It's just, you know, that one really exciting signing is enough to sort of pick you up and sort of get you moving, isn't it? And when I saw the 11 announced, I wasn't too concerned with that I, I thought okay this this looks this looks pretty sound I could see the logic in there I mean there were noises for the the new uh, goalkeeper argument of who starts and there were a few eyebrows raised for Khan not starting and I think that was probably justified the way the game played out what, what did you think about the initial 11 it looked fine didn't it yeah I mean like you I think I was I mean, this has kind of crept up on me because, like, naturally, just my internal bodily clock in in, in a yearly sense, so my body calendar, if you want to put it that way, is not <laughs> expecting competitive football to be played on the 30th of July. This is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Not. What on earth are the EFL thinking? We're not even affected by the World Cup in Qatar. I mean, obviously, we are because Johnny Williams is going to play there. Um, but, well, maybe, potentially. Uh, but mm-hmm. we are still playing games at that point. So there's no point. There's no actual reason for us to be playing this weekend. Um, so therefore, I, I request that this result be struck from the record and we play at the end of the season um, as a fair rematch rather than a pre-season friendly. Uh, joking aside, but I, I think, it, 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 yeah, it's, I, I kind of have lost the thread a little bit, but I, I kind of wasn't really like looking forward to the start of the season until I just realised I saw the team. Oh, the season is starting today. This is a, a competitive Swindon 11. Um, and pretty much that was... It was stronger than I could, like, in my head think the squad was going to be. I don't know why that is, because I've seen us building the squad for our pre-season. It's not like I've been completely disengaged, but I think just seeing the quality of the players next to each other did feel quite good on paper. I think there's a couple of little holes there. Uh, like I say, the, some selection debates, and then I, f- I do think we're missing, like, a a striker that we can... It will be kind of a guarantee of goals. Um, but other than that, yeah... It it, it it didn't seem particularly much weaker than what we were having at this point last year, uh, for example. So, yeah, and, and the bench was good as well, which is which is a key thing. In terms of football in July, I completely agree with you. And when I was disappointed when you said, joking aside, <laughs> uh, because, you know, if I want to follow 
competitive football in July, I'll follow Cowden Beef in the cup qualifiers up in Scotland. You know, it's it's not for me, this July football malarkey. Let's hope it's just for this season. Um, following it, I didn't watch it from the Chateau and I wasn't at the game. So I was following from afar. It, it seems like we started all right. You know, the, the, the lot of the noise was positive. It's, you know, it, I wouldn't say it, it sounded like Swindon were going to score any moment, but we were holding our own pretty adequately until until the first goal. Would that be fair? Uh, I would say and for the first 20 minutes, we were definitely the better team. We were like very aggressive going into uh, into lots of challenges, going very quick, quick. Um, it's just a quicker pace of game than what we were kind of used to under Bengana, which was exciting to watch. But also the the ball retention was lower. Like we just weren't quite. I mean, part of this is probably just that, like certain, like we said, certain combinations haven't been built up yet. Uh, players need to know where other players are going to go. Um, and you know, someone like Reed, for example, who was just like a metronome last season, just f- for points of the half was just overhitting pass after pass after pass. Um, which was, was quite frustrating to see because we knew we know that he can do better. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we were really dangerous. I think it's one of those things where the openings we were creating, you could potentially see something happening from them. And there are a couple of points where the ball nearly did drop and we could have got lucky. Um, but then Harrogate came into it, um, had, a, had a little spell. We had a little spell. Um, I think at the point that they scored the goal, um, I don't think there was a huge amount between the two teams, uh, but it was like that critical point of the game where, um, you know, you couldn't really begrudge them a goal because they had had a few sort of chances. I think by the end of the half, they'd had more more shots and more shots on target than we'd had. Um, but yeah, um, the, just like specifically when that goal falls with like two minutes to go to the break and there's one minute at a time after that as well. Um, it, it, you kind of go into the break smarting, I guess, and and, and that probably... Sure, that didn't set up the second half very well, and uh, yeah, the second half didn't go well. In, in relation to Lou Reed, as we'll hear from some of the listeners, and I would say observations from pre-season too, he hasn't been at the races, or certainly not to the standard that we expect in pre-season. We don't really, you know, regard that as an issue, but this game he seemed to be miles off it what do you think that that is do you think that's just getting used to the new players around him do you think he just might not be in it or you know is it just one of those things or just one game I mean it's just one game isn't it I think I'm not I'm not judging his performances in pre-season because there are reasons why he might not be 100% in those games there wouldn't there isn't really a reason why someone shouldn't be 100% in a league game when I can't imagine that they've run them into the ground this week because the like from a performance point of view that doesn't seem the best idea, really, with a competitive fixture. So I'm, I'm assuming that's not what they've done. They've gone in like perfectly conditioned for the game. I don't think it's really even to do with like new players around him because like if you think like he he played with Gladwin and he played with um, Williams in midfield last season. He played with McCurdy. Played with Bordry behind him. Uh, obviously, there's new players fitting in around that he is having to link up with the other centre-backs and the full-backs um, and, and all that lot. But I, I think it's probably it, it's probably just that, the you know, players have up games and down games. This is probably like slightly more down than he's had at any point previous to um, now in the Swindon shirt. Uh, I'm sure next week it'll be um, a much better performance. Um, but then I think also we're asking him to play slightly differently as well. Like, like, we, like we were saying, like last season he was the metronome in terms of just playing simple passes and then like 
nice uh, through balls on the break um, to to willing runners who sort of had those partnerships going with with McCurdy and Simpson and um, Jack Payne and uh, yeah Johnny Williams. Um, and we never really quite got that attacking side of our game going to, um, today um, in the same way that we, we kind of did last last season. And we were playing a little bit long. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we just need design for a couple of games and then we'll get to sort of the, the Louis read of old. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those ones where you, you're watching it and you kind of think, oh, yeah, this isn't... <laughs> he's not playing quite to the, the, the standard that we saw last season. But, yeah, one game. That's what it is. Reed is not in the weeds just yet. Who stood out for you in terms of the new players? I mean, let's let's try and have a few moments of positivity here. When when we're thinking about Salford next week, who you know on paper are a better team, they won today, so we've got a tough game at the county ground in theory next week. What elements of this performance? did you see and think to yourself that if we just focus on this next week, then we're going to be, we're going to be, you know, threatening more. Um, I think if you're limiting it to new players, I think like both of the wing backs, there were some negative things that they did, but there were also a lot of positive things that they did. They did look to get forward. Um, I don't think we really looked like that bad defensively down the sides either. Um, it, it's just probably one of those things where, um, they they just need to work on those partnerships and a whole week of training. Hopefully that means that they'll be able to do it. Um, I think Adeloy, he looked better than I thought he was going to be. He worked really, really hard and he was clearly like quite tired um, towards the time that he came off, which is, I think, about an hour into the game. Um, but he was really, really pressing hard from the front and um, like won a ball r- right on the touchline, which was quite impressive, like kind of chasing a lost cause and actually winning it. Um, which was like a nice moment, even if I think like you kind of judge strikers on getting into goal scoring opportunities, and, and he, he didn't really at any point while while on the pitch. Um, so I think obviously Khan as well when he came on showed some really nice touches, but like the game was gone at that point. Um, really, um, th- there were little bits from from Brennan and Harry's that looked looked pretty good as well. Uh, I think Brennan made a couple of. Um, mistakes just in terms of like passing out um, but also made a couple of nice passes so you can see what he's trying to do um, I think it's one of those things where it's not that it's not that anyone like individually had a horrible game I think it's just that like it, the cumulative effect of it all kind of just didn't work out very well so there's no one player I think had a shocker no one player I think had an amazing game um, I think we were just comfortably as a team, worse than, than Harrogate. But I, th- I think each player, you can probably say a positive and a negative thing about um, today. So I, hopefully we just iron out some of those negatives and build up on some of those positives for Salford. Like we're going to have to if you want a good result. Yeah, we're not going to have a first half, second half conversation for this one. So talk me through the goals. So uh, the first one for 1-0... I think that is preventable. Um, it's kind of a, a ball into the box. Uh, I think it was a corner. Um, won the first header. Ball goes right up into the air. And then I think it's just a case of um, nobody really putting a name on it and saying, I'm going to get the ball out myself. You could probably... I mean, the the runner who's, who sort of scores the goal is, is probably Hutton's man. So maybe he should go with him. Um, Gladwin's like facing the ball, so he could probably try and get across bit the ball is a little bit further away from him than the others 
it, it just needs someone to take charge. And I think they were kind of waiting for someone else to take the lead on that. So um, it's, it's kind of a collective fault for that goal. Um, but, you know, defensive organisation on set pieces, like hopefully while, while we get used to playing as a team, um, that will kind of iron out because they, they have seemed to take that kind of side of the game a little bit more seriously. And ho- hopefully we can be a better set pieces team than we, we have been. Um, second goal, uh, I think it's it's a bad pass out uh, of the back from Brennan that just kind of gets us caught on the transition. Um, def- the the centre-backs, Baudry and um, McDonald just get too close to each other, um, end up kind of tackling the Harrogate players, but then just the ball bounces past both of them and then there's no one covering either of them because probably it should have just been one of them and then the other one covers and, and clears it up. Um, I, don't, I don't know like what our, our defensive structure should be in that situation, but that that's just kind of how it felt. Like we, like both players went to the ball when probably only one needed to. Um, again, something that can just be ironed out, um, but unfortunate. Um, and the third one, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to like really pick this apart just because the game was really gone at that point um, and it, it, I mean, maybe if we do something like we don't get somewhere on goal difference, it will matter in the end. But I think it, it we, we were trying to just get back into the game and, and got caught. Um, it's a good pass between the defenders. Again, you maybe question like the fact that they've been able to get between two of the centre pass between two of the centre backs in that back three. I think I, I don't know quite how it's happened. And then um, yeah, it's not great from Solbrin. Um, I think on, on the commentary, um, Phil Smith mentioned that he he had quite a deep starting position on there. Um, which meant he had to go up and, and had a lot of work to do to catch up. And, and by the time he does it, the ball's just kind of gone through him and uh, it's a tap into an open net for the, the Harrogate player. So, yeah, three not very good goals to concede, but I, f- I think the common thread throughout them is that they're things that you just need to like build a little bit of an understanding between the players and hopefully they all get sort of sorted out, if that makes sense. You, you can't drop Bryn on the basis of this first appearance can you and I'm only saying that on the basis of comments from Swindon Town fans that unless he's thrown the ball in the net you've got to essentially stick with them until there's really a good reason to drop them haven't you uh depends I mean I think he it would be nice if the league cup game was on Tuesday so he could just play that hopefully get a good game behind his belt before the next league game um I don't I mean, the thing is that the, the one thing that's kind of a mistake that you could point out from him, it happened at two nil up, uh, two nil down. Sorry, so um, it's it's not really that important. And like I say, I think there, there's elements of blame for on him. There's elements of blame on the rest of the team, at least in the defensive sense there as well. So I don't think it's all entirely his fault. Um, if if you're talking about something happening at nil nil, then then maybe I would look at it a little bit more critically. But um, I would hope that that's the kind of thing that you can just quite easily brush off and learn from. Um, there was also a thing where Louis Reed passes the ball across the face of goal to the wrong side where, where Solbrin is, um, which I don't know if that's Solbrin's fault for picking up the position that they didn't work on or if that's Louis Reed's not looked where Solbrin is to, to play the ball back to him. That was a bit of a heart and mouth moment sort of in the first half as well. Um, so I... I I, I still don't have a strong opinion on the goalkeeper situation. So you probably asked the uh, the wrong person, Rich. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those things. I, I don't think he's done enough to necessarily be dropped, but also 
like a lot of people like Lewis Ward and wanted to be in the team. Um, and I think if on the basis of that performance, if you think that Lewis Ward should be in the team, that's not going to change your mind re- realistically. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But I think yeah, it would it probably have a it take a few more games like that. I think to really warrant a change in that position, probably. Are we coming back with points if Ward had started? I I have absolutely no idea. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think that the first two goals, like any goalkeeper, could realistically hope to have done anything about them. Like the two quite emphatic finishes. Um, so yeah, if Lewis Ward sure. is conceding those, I'm not frustrated with him. I'm just that that's a, a goal that a goalkeeper would concede. Wakeling came on, uh, earned a penalty with plenty of hustle and bustle. It was a clumsy challenge and Gladwin, unfortunate to miss uh, not the worst penalty miss you'll ever see but still frustrating I'm not convinced it would have changed the game but Scott Lindsay begs to differ it's a frustrating moment really did did we look like getting back into the game before the penalty or was it like oh we've got a penalty or uh, were we really sort of kicking on at that stage well so I think it's interesting I think after each of Harrogate's goals we had a little moment where we could have potentially got back into the game so um just before their second goal um Baudry um their, their goalkeeper flaps at a, um, a corner and um, Baudry gets in at the far post um, and just directs it wide of the post uh, rather than inside the post um so that that could have been one all very different game and then they basically go down the other end and th- there's that defensive mix up uh, and it's 2-0 um we were kind of at six and sevens after that but I think yeah basically I it almost felt like it wasn't a penalty that we'd won, but a penalty that they'd given away because the, it was just like nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, Wakeling's on the floor. Um, good impact for him to come on and immediately get a penalty, basically the first thing that he did. Um, but yeah, when when that goes onto the post um, and doesn't rebound back to uh, hopefully get the, the, the rebound and score, it, it just it feels like it's going to be one of those days. And then quite soon after, it's 3-0. We had a little bit of a spell. Um, still at 2-0, I think, after the penalty. We did look a little bit better, and then just all of a sudden it's 3-0. Uh, so it's one of those things, I think there were still spells in the game where we looked okay at different points, but I think you could kind of see after that that penalty miss, I think a lot of the, the belief kind of drained through them, and a lot of our positive play was probably based on Harrogate just thinking we can contain them and look to hit them on the break, which is what they did eventually with the third, so... Yeah, I mean the subs had some of the subs had a little bit of an impact. Like Wakeling, we mentioned winning the penalty. Um, thought he showed a couple of sort of decent touches, but didn't see a huge amount of him. Khan obviously came on. Um, some Harry's passing on the ball was was quite nice. If I'm like really looking for positives, um, so yeah, I guess it's it's, it's just one of those things. Uh, we're gonna be having to try all of the players that brought in, find our strongest sort of eleven, strongest combinations, and. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we are going to have to just like have a good substitute appearance to kind of uh, figure out who who's the strongest in each position. But definitely, some of the substitutes that came on, like they've probably staked a claim for being in the the team next weekend. It sounds like Saidu Khan's going to start. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't disagree with it based on what I've yeah. seen. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and there we go, three nil. First day of the season um, in front of 1,948 people on game one. Seems like, and it's going to sound totally disrespectful to Harrogate Town, but such a low number, isn't it? 
Oh man, I think I think my misery to that is that I was listening to Five Live a lot today, and when they're going around the grounds to clubs that you used to play in the same division all the time, and the atmosphere sounds absolutely incredible, and then they sort of go to the uh, League Two grounds, and it just you can hear the players and the staff shouting away. It's just sad, isn't it? Well, and you look at like I mean, while in my chateau or Dan's chateau, sorry, um, Mm -hmm. the camera angle went going down the the touchline. Uh, was like part of the pitch was obscured by the roof of the ground. You just think like, get, please, like get us out of this league. No disrespect to Harrogate, who, on footballing terms, deserve to be there. Were the better team on the day, um, but I wish that they were able to at least position a camera somewhere so I could see the pitch rather than their lovely, delightful roof um, that they've got <laughs> down at that end of the ground. Uh, so yeah, I, I like ultimately like professional sport is a spectacle and it, it is more exciting in front of several thousands of people rather than not quite two. Yeah. And you know, we're not, we're not huge in, in terms, it's just 1,900. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on to listeners contributions. I suppose that, that is the thing, Dave, isn't it? Swindon are certainly getting more possession at least as Williams gets his first touch here and tries to play it forward. Gets it via a back heel from Payne. Williams can break into space, edge of the penalty on the left hand side. Good cross into the six yard box! And Tyree Simpson has his first Swindon goal! And Johnny Williams makes an immediate impact as sub. Great back heel, run and cross, and a stretching Simpson puts it in. New season, new hot takes. We asked you to pick the bones out of that loss at Harrogate. We'll start with Bernie Mann saying we just didn't look up to speed already at all. It's as simple as that. Harrogate weren't all that, but were up for the fight and finished their chances that we gifted to them by shambolic organisation. Never looked like scoring. Strikers looked a frustrated bunch. Gladwin was okay. Cheddar simply says, at least we've still got a club. While Schnitzel Superfan says, I'm going to delete Twitter and sit in the county ground with my earplugs in all season. That's all from me. Matt says, first 40 was pretty, not effective, but no dramas. Goal came from poor defending from a corner, seemed to lose their heads after that. Baudry missed a header at 1-0, followed up with a defensive mess before the second. Gladwin missed penalty before easiest third goal straight through the middle. Brin seems slow to come out, read poor, Khan, the bright spark, need a striker who stays in and around the box. Still lots to do. Rob Dinsey says, first 35 minutes was promising, if not polished. After that was pretty awful. Gladwin looked a threat, but our best players from last season looked well short of what we know they can do. Have to hope it's just one of those strange opening day results. Jason Cockerton says, apart from Reed having his worst game I have ever seen from him and the players looking exhausted and no fluidity in midfield and no sign of the win backs, where were they? The real concern is that McCurdy has no one to play off. Adeloy and Wakeling don't look like they're going to threaten the goal much and offer nothing to support McCurdy. It's one game, but apart from Khan, who looks such a find and has to start the next game, There are no other positives. Stephen Davis says, looked unfit, huffing and puffing at the end, very nervous at the back, no threat in attack. 
Chris says a carry on from pre-season. Still just fitness, isn't it? On a more serious note, it looked like they had done an extra K running in the week and played fatigued again. Supposedly have the best midfield in the division, but they didn't trap back and didn't create much either. Hearing commentators saying we were knackered doesn't bode well. Robert Hammond says Khan must replace Williams. Wakeling to start alongside McCurdy. Baudry and McDonald look slow, but Harry's is not the answer. Disappointing. Jamie Goodwin says Gladwin our best performer. Bryn poor. Defence looks slow. Khan the only player who showed some promise for the weeks ahead. Sadly, a long disappointing season ahead, I fear. I've never seen us sat 91st in the pyramid. Pete Marsh says it reminds me of Canio's first start to the season. They looked leggy after 30 minutes and were obviously not cohesive. Most glaring in midfield, most troubling was McCurdy, who didn't look the same without pain. Shade and Khan man of the match, they were the bright spots. Matthew says they still had their flip-flops on. Only Khan, bright spark, all looked so tired. Wardia said look disjointed at times, needs a target man up front to get the best out of McCurdy. Khan should have started, baffled why he didn't. Let's not panic just yet, but improvements needed. Khan, man of the match. Simon Macy says, not many positives at all. I know it's only the first game, but that was concerning. Only Gladwin and Khan with anything positive to say about. Much improvement needed next Saturday. Were they playing fatigued again? Richard Webb says, well off the pace. I can only hope we are just undercooked, but it doesn't paint a promising picture. Defence was woeful and midfield was almost non-existent. Only positive is that it can't really get much worse than today. Craig has learned never to judge these things based on the first game, good or bad, but the closed season has seen so much change on and off the pitch that it's very concerning. New players and management are on a steep learning curve and need to improve quickly. Timmy controlled the first 20-30 minutes without creating much. Then it went to pot. Harrogate deserved their win. We were pony. Lindsay forgets Gladwin and Williams don't work as a midfield partnership. Thomas Frederick says, didn't watch so can't offer any real insight from the performance perspective, but the stats bear the hallmark of large chunks of last season. Lots of possession, lots of patient build-up play, but no end product. Khan needs to come in next week and possibly Clayton. Mole says, cheap manager with zero credentials, an outdated formation that leaves us exposed. Replacements poor on quality. One result doesn't mean disaster, but those other negatives point to a bit of a worry. James K says, too many players way off it. Read especially and unusually. Heads and body language wasn't great. No panic, but reaction needed next weekend against a better team, apparently. Matt Peach says, you can dress it up however you want we have a worse squad and a worse manager than last season let's hope they turn it around realistic we are three or four short of challenging fingers crossed for a cheerier mood this time next saturday jimmy leg says we created a lot for harrogate not so much for ourselves Hmm. duncan fjortov says very disappointing performance and result but it's one game at the end of the day let's just hope it gets better Simon says, disappointing start, similar problems to defence as last year after a promising first 30 minutes. Squad needs to get fitter, but let's not panic after 1.46th of the season. Not now, says terrible performance from the manager down. And Josh says, 
What date is the final game of the season? My sanity may not last that long. Ben Nichols says, that was poop. I'll let him have the first game. Small crumb. It was the players that played so well that season that was so off. It'll come good. Ian says, the referee blowing the final whistle was my man of the match. Lee Selby says, first game, give the boys time. It was a crap start last season, but was a good time at the end, even with the heartbreak at Vale. Kieran Holden just provides a gif of the panic button being pressed. Mike says, sloppy and lethargic, not at the races at all today. And Mike Dixon says, I think I need to save up for a purple bucket hat. Watching it from afar says, arrogate two, arrogant, nil, get the loans in quick. Jacob Badcock says, I'm not going to panic, but deeply, deeply concerned by the second half performance. Complacent, soft, toothless. Yukok says, alarming. And finally, one GFB who says, all fart, no poo, smelly. And now on to Scott Lindsay talking to Andrew Hawes for Talk of the Town. Uh, power phrasing here, but Lindsay says, feels like the end of the world, but it's not. We set off really well. Moments in the game where we were really good. We defended poorly. We turned the ball over in the middle of the park too many times, and we've got to learn from it. Uh, Town knew Harrogate would sit deep and pick Town off. They worked on it. They had a presentation on it today, on the match day, uh, but still got done by it. Uh, We didn't give up. It's a different game if Gladwin sticks the penalty in. It's a bad day at the office. Is the season going to be measured by today? No. And then his voice breaks at the worst possible time as he says, but we have to do better. He says that Khan did really well. Gladwin was good in moments. McCurdy carried on and made run after run after run. It's not been great for us. Again, a bad day at the office. We've got to make sure that we're not open when the ball turned over and we need to stop risking passes across the middle of the pitch. There's no concerns with fitness and it hurts the loss. Andrew Hall's then noting that Scott Lindsay was struggling to look up and talk to Andrew during this interview. As as you would have heard there, a few fans mentioned the fatigue word um, and they're batting it away as it's no concerns with fitness. And, you know, some fans will say, well, look at the Decanio era where that he worked them hard and it started slowly and it took, you know, it took time. And, you know, that, that might be the case now, mightn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it might not even be like physical fatigue, but just like mentally in your head when you maybe are a little bit shocked at 2-0 down. I think like up to the point that it's 2-0, it's not that it's like necessarily a game that we would have won and something like that, but I think we're in the game. Um, and it, it's just at that point, I think they just seem, seem a little bit shocked. Um, it, it's kind of, they're probably fee- feeling that they need to do something now to get back into the game. And that's just probably like quite a large burden Um especially this early in the season when they kind of don't have the the confidence of a back catalogue of games where they've pulled things out of the bag or um, done particularly good things in, in combination with each other as a squad of players. Um, so I think it's it's one of those things where it, that was probably, the, the second half was probably a mentally tiring afternoon rather than a physically tiring afternoon to the, for the players. But then also in like a competitive match, first one of the season, it's obviously a different kettle of fish to playing um a preseason friendly, even at a high level, um, like we did the previous weekend. So, um, lots of different factors to get into there. I, I guess the the worry is, yeah, we we just want to get we want to get some good experience behind us so that we we kind of 
the, the players believe in themselves and we believe in the players and we believe that everything's going to be good. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait till the next game. And uh, hopefully, although it sounds like quite a, an emotional, I've, I've not listened to the, the post-match myself, but like with your summary, it sounds like he was pretty downbeat, Scott Lindsay, um, mm. which is very different to... I mean, very very different to our previous manager in terms of like I mean, he, he never really sounded upbeat in, in the lot, <laughs> but he didn't sound downbeat either. It was just kind of very like kind of just took everything as it was. Um, so you can see that as a positive. You can see that as a negative. I just hope that basically whatever how, whatever they're feeling now, they get into tra- training on Monday and they channel that in a positive way and um, actually learn from the mistakes that have been made and. That that's that's the best that we can hope for, really. But, uh, so I mean, it's really early days. I'm 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 trying not to judge anything at this point. I think if we don't play better uh, for the next few weeks, then I will start to be a bit concerned. But at this point, I'm happy for it to just be a bad day at the office, and hopefully next week will be better. I mean, he is downbeat, and um, for the first game of the season, he's saying all the right things in the terms in terms of the fact that it, you know it is just one game at the start of the season, but. I wish his tone reflected that because he, he sounds proper down in the dumps. And, you know, a lot of the things I've heard since full time is remember Ginningham under Danny Wilson when we lost 5-0. And, you know, that's true. We went on to have a really good season, but Danny Wilson wouldn't have sound down in the dumps. After that, he would have sounded exactly the same as he did had we won 5-0 or drawn 3-3 because, you know, he, he, he I guess he knew how to manage that in terms of pressers and stuff. But, we, we we do have to I, I I find myself sort of reading and listening to the comments of you know the anger countered by the it is the first day of the season but the say I think I'm somewhere in the middle you know it's like I'm not flapping wildly and saying this is unacceptable I knew he was going to be rubbish I knew this squad were rubbish you know we're going to be rubbish that's it this is the end and the rest of you are just you know sheeple and all that uh, but there is an in-between. You can't just say, oh, ho-hum, never mind. Next one, because Harrogate aren't the strongest team or aren't predicted to be the strongest team in this division. We do have, you know, one of the stronger midfields and that was our weakest element today, arguably, from everything that's been said. So there is room to criticise here, but not get carried away with that criticism too. Yeah, I, th- I think basically what there is, we can criticise like how we played the game today I think what we can't do is really extrapolate that onto anything else for the rest of the season because it's one game and you need to build kind of a pattern before we can then start to work out what's going to be going on for the season Um, so in terms of like negatives and positives I'm just trying to take this completely on its own merits and I'm not trying to say uh, that based on today this is how I think the remaining 45 league games are going to go exactly I think also on the positives like even if you're then trying to rationalise it on the positive side, like also just because we lost 13 years ago to Gillingham five nil, doesn't mean that we're now going to have a good season. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's all it like it's a completely it's it's all its own situation. And obviously we've had what eight opening days in a row where we haven't lost and, and have done really well on most of those. Had some really good days in the summer sun, and uh, most of those were in the power era. Look where that took where the club went from the start of that era to the end of that era. Um, how did it go I mean I, I'm just going to leave that one open for the room because okay. <laughs> I think everyone, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's a controversial topic Rich I don't want to open those wounds again but like obviously what I'm, what I'm trying to make with that is that like in a positive or a negative way 
the opening day of the season doesn't define anything. Uh, all, I think literally all we just need to do now is think, are we going to be better next week? If we're not better next week, then then I'll be a little bit worried. But then that's still just like like worries and nagging feelings. Um, and it's just as we build into the season, like I think we all just want to see the trend going upwards. And uh, hopefully it has to, because um, if it doesn't, then uh, I feel like we'll be having uh, some tough podcasts this season. But I, I don't think that will be the case. Well, we'll see. Either way, we'll be covering them all. We'll finish with Man of the Match. Slim pickings from listeners. Uh, There were two names, really, mentioned regularly. The substitute Khan coming on and doing well. But just pipping him to the post was Ben Gladwin, mostly for the earlier uh, efforts of that game. Connor, who have you gone for? Uh, It's really hard. Uh, because I think, like I said, I said earlier, you could probably point positives and negatives about pretty much every player on the pitch. Um, I think if you were to like give like an average kind of number for, for most players, you're talking like a, a five out of ten kind of performance. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good in the slightest. I think based on the first half, um, Ben Gladwin looked really sharp, and maybe even in spite of the missed penalty, which you know those can go either way. I think it like like you mentioned, it was a good penalty, but just a, a very good save in the end. Um, I think he maybe gets a five and a half based on like just being the the leading player in the in the fir- in the first half, and it was kind of hard because I feel like I've definitely been slated before for giving him a, a man of the match in quite a bleak game. I think it was Barrow last season, um, where we got some uh, some negative feedback on on, on that particular award. Um, but I think, yeah. It's either him or it's one of the substitutes, and I just I feel a bit weird giving it to a twenty minute substitute who came on when the game was lost and didn't really affect the game but showed some good touches uh so yeah it's one of those ones rich if i could give no one man of the match um then i would not allowing it but not allowing it i made the rules of the spreadsheet and i always Mm -hmm. said you have to give a man of the match and therefore i mean yeah it's been he, he he looked good in the first half and hopefully that's that first half performance is the sign of things to come at least for him well there we go Ben Gladwin gets the first man of the match of the season next week we play Salford City at home something to look forward to um, but until then Connor thank you very much thank you The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.